We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Always tons to talk about in the world of the NBA. We're going to break everything down for you. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I'm starting to get World Cup fever. Like I'm feeling it. We're it's so it's like suddenly here we are, and the World Cup is starting up. We're days away. This is going to be a lot of fun. I I'm so excited for the World Cup to finally be back to me it's it's like it's been gone for eight years really not really it hasn't actually but the u.s hasn't been involved in eight years. yeah hey i'm with you on that i don't have the same level of excitement for it when the u.s isn't there i still watched i was still yeah. interested it was still fun but yeah if the u.s isn't there it uh it feels you know different and in i read an article today and i thought it was kind of poignant the way they put it is the the men's world cup is the last place where like the united states is a true underdog mm-hmm. um on like high level sports right because pretty much everything else they're expected to win uh, most often. So I think that is, uh, you know, it was interesting the way that that article read. And I, I, I believe in, in my heart of hearts, we will win a World Cup uh, in, in my lifetime. So, uh, you know, let's see. I, I didn't know, though, until the other day, the U.S. is the youngest team in the World Cup. Are they? I knew they had yeah. to be had to be up there in terms of the yeah. the younger teams, but I didn't know they were the youngest. Yeah, the youngest yeah. in terms of average age of rostered players on the uh, wow. uh, on World Cup roster. So that that, that was interesting as well. Uh, somebody somebody call up Landon Donovan so we can so we can fix that a little bit. And, you know, put put some on the on the other side there, balance it out. We'd have one more late run in them down the right hand side for a yeah, late absolutely, goal to, absolutely. To he could, he could, he could score round, a late right? goal against Algeria yeah. for us again, right? Um, I, I'm going to break out my my Team USA jersey. Um, I, I've got a, you know a a prior Team USA jersey. Uh, do you hate the current ones as much as everybody else seems to? I don't. I I, I don't hate them. I um yeah. I it's it's hard. Like I I think they change them too often. In yeah. my, it's it's getting to be like NBA jerseys, right? Like there's like a new one, like every every year it feels like that that they're they're going into whatever it is, whether it be a qualifying cycle mm-hmm. or a, a you know a, a Concacaf Gold Cup or whatever it is. Like it feels like they're they're putting new ones on every time, and yeah, new ones. So, but I don't hate them as much as everybody else does. I it's funny. I had my the last. This is how long it's been since I owned one. I had one of the uh, collared. Ones oh yeah yeah yep. in our high school uh the white one with the band across the middle yep. 
Yeah. Our high school ones were, were the exact same. My, my high school colors were red, white, and blue. And um, the blue was being phased in uh, my senior year. In our high school youth, uh, soccer uniforms were an exact match uh, to, to uh, Team USA's uniforms. I, I played in collared jerseys all the time. My, even my keeper jerseys had collars on them because that, that was that was the time. Uh, yep. Yep. My, Come, my, I've, it's made a comeback. A couple teams are, are uh, rocking the collars again. I've seen. All right. I guess we should probably talk basketball sure. here. Otherwise, people yeah. will get upset that this is the NBA World World <laughs> Cup or the, the, the front office World Cup show or whatever you want to call it. it. So let's let's get into this. Um I guess first and foremost, let, let's talk about somebody that uh, the teams are not interested in. The Mavs are not interested in trading for Ben Simmons. Are, are the Nets inclined to move Ben Simmons right now? And if so, like I can't imagine they would be selling high on him at this moment. Yeah, I mean, to that last part of what you said, this is going to be the absolute bottom of his yeah. value because even when Philadelphia traded him, there was a sense of unknown, right? Like, like, is he still Ben Simmons? Is he going to get back to being what he is? Now we've seen he just doesn't look very good. So I'm not going to write Ben Simmons off. I think he could get back to what he was. But I think the challenge for the Mavs is, excuse me, for the Nets rather, is um, he's just not, looked very good. He hasn't been able to stay on the court. I know he's coming back tonight uh, for the game against the Kings. He will be in the lineup, but yeah, now are they looking to trade him? That seems a little bit more mixed depending on who you talk to. Some people will say, yeah, they're, they're interested in moving him because they see his uh, salary as a big enough number to maybe get them a player or two to uh, round out their depth a little bit. But then uh, others are like, eh, maybe if they could, they would, but they're not going to attach anything to them to do a deal or anything like that. So it's probably more likely that nothing happens here. Uh, and then the Mavs part of it, Mark Stein was all over this, as he usually is with Mavs news, uh, because they were mentioned as a potential suitor for Simmons. And he was basically, his response was, nah, they're not interested. It doesn't make sense, really. I mean, for the same reason why when I hear, you know, people will mention, Russell Westbrook to the Mavs are just teams that people are throwing out hypothetical landing spots for various players. If you can't shoot, you shouldn't be on the Mavs because <laughs> you, you need shooters around, around Luca. That, that team is so Luca centric. Everything exactly. revolves around him. You have to have shooters around him in order for him to be at his best. So he, he's just not a fit there. And then looking at his contract, 35.4 million this season, 37.9 million next season, 40.3 million the season after that. I, I mean, I just don't see teams being interested in paying him that based on what he's doing right now. And then you're getting into, okay, what do the Nets have to add to Ben Simmons to move? It yeah. just doesn't seem like it's worth it. No, and, and they're not in a position to add anything. Anyway, they don't have any high-end young talent, and they can't trade picks because they traded all their picks to get James Harden. So um, they, they've got some tradable picks that they could do, but they're, yeah, it's, it, and I'm with you on the Lucas stuff. Like, yeah, you want Lucas surrounded by shooters. Uh, it doesn't make sense to put other guys there when, you know, Simmons is at his best with the ball in his hands. And uh, when he's on the floor, Luca has the ball in his hands. So you want Luca creating, you know, everything for, for his guys as much as possible, because that's what he does, you know, whether he gets a good shot for himself or his teammates. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't see there being any reasonable match there either. All right. Ah, uh, do you boys like Mexico? Mexico City, legit expansion contender. Ah, uh, Super Troopers, one of my very favorite movies. But uh, Mexico City, 
is a, a contender to get that. We talked about this the other day, and I think our general consensus was that Mexico City might get in the running here, but Seattle and Las Vegas are the heavy favorites. Now we're hearing this again. Could this could this really be a three-city race for two spots? I, I mean, maybe. It, it, the other option is maybe it won't be two. Maybe it'll be four. Right. Maybe the NBA yeah. will say, you know, hey, let's go to 34 teams. You know, uh, the NBA said like very openly when they uh, were talking about put, putting a G League team in Mexico City, it was their opening to Latin America. They saw it as this is how we start to get into Mexico, Central America, and then ultimately into South America. They saw that as this is our push to get bigger in, in those countries. And yeah, it's if it works. Now we got to see, right? They're, they're only playing their first, I'm going to call it real season this year because last year, due to still uh, pandemic related stuff, uh, the, the Mexico City Capitans or uh, uh, I guess Capitans de Ciudad de Mexico, I think, um, I think is how you say that, um, is how they're really named. But they were the, they played a very limited schedule last year. This year, they're into the full schedule, fully part of the G League. So we'll see uh, what that ultimately looks like with them. If they do really well and they draw really well and players seem happy there and they feel safe there and all those things, then I do think there is a chance Mexico City could be in the mix. It's a massive city, massive population. It would be a chance for the NBA to expand internationally somewhere other than Canada. So, yeah, I, I just I, – I didn't – I thought the phrasing in the, in the article by Mark Spears, uh, move over Seattle, move over Las Vegas. And that to me, maybe be, is a step too far. It may be yeah. almost a bargaining chip too of like, Hey, all right. You know, what do you think about 5 billion per team? Uh, right. You know, if you want to buy in, that could be where this goes. I'm, you know what? Like I'm, I'm all on board with expansion. I think it makes sense. I think there's enough talent in the league to do it. Um, I know Mark Cuban has expressed some concerns about, you know, long-term, even if we do get a little shot in the arm financially or a big shot in the arm financially long-term, is it something that really makes sense if that's the way you're looking at this? Um, so I understand there there's, you can make financial arguments either way for or against expansion, but when you go to, you mentioned maybe four teams, that's where I start to wonder, is there that much talent? Two teams I think you can do. I think you might be yeah. pushing if you try to go four. I, I completely agree. I, I think, you know, unless you did it over, I mean, this is yeah, half our audience probably wasn't even alive, but when they uh, added the Magic, Timberwolves, Heat, and the original Hornets, they did it over a two-year period. Two of the teams came in, and then two teams joined the next year. Maybe you do it like that versus saying, hey, we're throwing four teams in all, all at once because what was seen then was you had a couple, it was seen as the league got too diluted and the bad teams were really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and that's where that was seen. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think there's a chance here for the NBA to really kind of say, you know what? Hey, we're, cause they're behind right now. Everybody else, every other professional league of the big, big uh, four leagues has uh, more teams than the NBA does. And this could be the NBA's opportunity to say, well, we're going to step forward where we're going to go to, 32 teams uh you know but instead of just that you know what we're going to 34 teams instead or maybe maybe that you know we'll, we'll see the way that goes and i, I think what's going to come of this too is major 
conference uh, and schedule realignment, restructuring. I think all yes, that stuff's going to be at play mm-hmm. here. I think we're going to see a lot of different stuff. I think, you know, obviously we're getting the in-season tournament is coming. I, th- I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of different uh, restructuring around a lot of the way the NBA uh, schedule looks. Not so much the calendar. I think they learned from the bubble. People don't want uh, NBA basketball in the summertime. They, they want it in the fall, winter, and spring. Um, but I think the way the uh, league schedule looks and conferences and all that stuff will change. Yeah. Yep. I agreed. And agreed about the, the seasonality of, of NBA basketball and everything. I, I'm breaking out all of my sweatshirts and all that because <laughs> it's, it's that time of year. And I, I absolutely love it. So, yes, absolutely. Basketball. Here in Orlando, this later this week, we're going to be down in the 40s. Ooh. Which is uh yeah, and it's gonna go like it's like in the mid eighties today, and in a couple of days it's gonna oh be down gosh. in the forties. That's so a huge gonna, swing. Yeah, it's gonna be a shock to to all of our systems. So you'll see me all all bundled up. It'll be for front office show winter edition. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll have to make sure we have plenty of cold takes for uh for that show. Um, nothing but the. the- the Clippers are interested in trading for Miles Turner, according to our pal Eric Pincus. Um, is this just to make Lakers fans angry, Keith? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't the put Clippers it past controlling the Lakers right now. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Steve Ballmer to tweet the Lakers. I wouldn't put it past Steve Ballmer to trade, you know, greenlight a trade for Turner just to tweet the Lakers. Like, yeah. you know, that would be be pretty funny too. Now, imagine if they got like Turner and Heald and they 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 didn't have to give up a pick at all. Like, <laughs> that'd be you, you mean like when Portland just gave them Robert Covington and, and yeah. Norman Powell for yeah, nothing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, or like that. when the Lakers got Paul Gasol for his then fat brother and That's nothing right. else. So, um, yeah, oh, that <laughs> was a good day. might have benefited. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I. This one's a little weird to me. This seems maybe like let's try to drive a bidding war, kind of. You know, let's start mm-hmm. putting stuff out there. Trade seasons opening up here about a month away or so. Actually, a month from from today is when trade season really kind of unofficially opens. To be clear on that, because I've had a couple people ask me, um, you can make trades right now. Yeah, it's just the vast majority of the players who were signed this past summer can't be traded till December 15th. So that's when we get to about 90% of the league is trade eligible on December 15th. You have a handful of guys, you got to wait till January 15th and then a handful that did extensions and the like that are not trade eligible uh, this season. But um, yeah, I, I just, what's the fit? Because you you just signed Avica Zubac to a really nice contract. You can't play those two guys together. I don't think either one of them would be thrilled with the idea of, hey, you come in and be the backup. So I, I'm not sure what you would have to give up that the fit necessarily makes a ton of sense for the Clippers, uh, given the presence of Zubac on a really nice contract on the roster already. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think, well, the, the concern, and this is what uh, Pinkus presented in his article for Bleacher Report, the concern uh, from the Clippers, and I think this does make sense, is, hey, compla- you know, what if something happens to a pizza? Then, then what do we have? Yeah, because they don't have anything behind they, it. Yeah, they have nothing. They're using Nicholas Batum as their, their backup center right now. Yeah. Um, so I understand that, but I think this gets into um, kind of similar to what I think about my Lakers in terms of, yes, you probably want another ball handler that's not LeBron James, but what you want is a game manager. What you want is maybe a mid-level exception player. And what you want is maybe a, or maybe a taxpayer mid-level, something like that to fill the role. You're not spending the big bucks on it like the Lakers did. Same thing here with the Clippers. And I'm not saying Miles Turner equals Russell Westbrook. I'm just saying the job that you're trying to fill here is not a, hey, we want to commit $20 million per year, whatever it is that Miles Turner is going to get from here on out when he yep. gets a new contract next summer. That job that you're trying to fill is not a 20 plus million job here what you're trying to do is find a serviceable backup so i think you're probably overspending here on in terms of what you want but then again if anybody can overspend it's steve bomber so sure so and, I think and it's not just what you'd pay him too right because it's what you'd have to pay in trade to get correct it. and now that becomes you know a little bit of a challenge as well and i think the clippers are very clearly going to operate moving forward as a team that draft picks are not overly concerning to them because I think they, they've kind of got the approach of, hey, we'll just spend our way out of any issues we, we maybe get into. Um, the other thing, to your point, I completely agree is this feels like, all right, Zubac backup center depth, definitely of concern, but then go sign Hassan Whiteside. Right. He was right. pretty good for the Jazz last year. Like, I, I don't know why just go do that on a minimum contract and you should be good uh, the rest of the way. Like, like then, then you've got two centers. You've got your small ball options with Batum and Morris. You, you're you're fine. I don't see see a need here to go, you know, because this just seems like you're going to what are you going to give up to get them to? You're going to end up creating yourself a roster hole elsewhere. You're going to have to give up some of that other depth, like a yeah, wing, probably. Nasty. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not sure that's the direction I want to go, given Kawhi and Paul George's health history. So, yeah, I would just, you know, go go sign Hassan Whiteside. Move, move on that way. Much easier. Yeah, but much easier, much less risk in doing mm-hmm. something something like that. And you wouldn't have to give up a pick, whereas Pink is yeah, saying I mean, Hassan pick would have to go. Good as Miles Turner either, just to be clear. No. Because he's not. Yeah. But if if your concern is we need somebody for 10 minutes a night during the regular season and maybe to fill in come playoff time yeah. if something catastrophic happens, I mean, like you're not super comfortable with Whiteside playing 30 plus minutes. But mm-hmm. for the regular season, if you're looking for a backup big to play maybe 10 minutes a night, I, I don't see the reason to go spend big on, on that. No. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is back. Hey. Welcome back, Triple J. Um, I think this is exciting, uh, a good thing for uh, for the Grizzlies. And uh, they've got a big matchup tonight with, uh, I believe, the Pelicans mm-hmm. uh, on deck. So this is going to be a, a fun contest. And uh, they've needed him back, and, and he is a, a fantastic player. That um, Yeah, he is a tremendous young talent. So I'm excited to see him back in action with the Grizzlies. Yeah, big time. This is uh, huge for their defense. Uh, it gives them a ton of defensive versatility, allows them to, uh, once he's fully ready to go, which will probably be a couple weeks, um, they'll probably ease him back in here. But once he's fully ready to go, then you're in kind of a spot where now you're in a um, – uh, position where you unlock some lineup versatility because you can play him in different stuff. Uh, they found out Santi Aldama can stick in the rotation now. 
Uh, he started the entire time Jackson was out this year, looked pretty good, did a lot of good things, really showed he can play alongside Steven Adams. So if he can do that, he can definitely play alongside Jackson. So now you've kind of got your three big rotation. You feel pretty good about that. You can move forward. You've got some other guys. Brandon Clark will be in that mix, obviously, um, you know, with those those guys as well. So it's really kind of a four big uh, grouping there in Memphis. But, uh, you know, looking pr- pretty good. I'd been saying, and I said it here on this show too, is to keep your head above water until you get get, get him back and you get him back. Unfortunately, what's the next one? <laughs> That's the next one. Uh, one step forward, one step back. Desmond Bain, sprained toe, now out two yeah. to three weeks. That's a big blow. I mean, he's been putting up like all-star caliber numbers. We're talking, you yeah. know, 24 points per game. He's been been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And now they lose him for a little while. So that's got to be frustrating for Grizzlies fans. Yeah, just so in case people haven't been paying attention or they they tune in for the John Morant highlights, these are Desmond Bain's numbers this year. 24.7 points, 4.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists. All are career highs, all are career highs by a good amount too. He's shooting 46.5% overall, 45.1% on threes, on 8.5 three-point attempts per game. And he's at 91.2% from the free throw line, which is a career best, on 4.8 free throw attempts per game. So, I mean, absolutely an all-star. I mean, maybe... Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell want to, you know, have a fight with this one, but Brent Bain may be the best backcourt in the NBA. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's close, right? Those, those two, I think are the, you know, one, one, a with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, just because Chris Paul is clearly in the get me to the playoffs phase of his career now. Yes. Um, but it, it's, it, it's, it's pretty good. And, uh, you know, so yeah, it's, this is a big, big loss for them. I mean, it's, this is hard, harder for them in a lot of ways to replace him than it is Jackson. Cause they don't have a ton of wings on this team and, and they don't have anybody else who's really a defensive wing besides Dylan Brooks. So replacing Baines wing defense is going to be tough. You can kind of cobble together the shooting with John Conchar playing more could cobble together the playmaking by, you know, maybe playing Tyus Jones with John Moran and some extra minutes and things like that. But it's going to be that defense. That's going to be what they're going to be missing. Absolutely. That's going to be a challenge for the Grizzlies. We'll see how they handle uh, that tonight. Uh, let's jump over to the Warriors. You know, I was just thinking when you said they might be the best backcourt in the NBA, I was like, does Steph and Clay feel any kind of way about that? Like they were kind of the default best backcourt sure. in the NBA for, for a while there, but that got me thinking Warriors and a move they made sending James Wiseman down to the G league. And it sounds like he might be staying there for a little bit. Is this, is this indicative of like a bigger issue? Like, a player jumping down to the G League is not a big deal. A lot of times you see teams just yo-yo players back and forth just to get them some extra experience. But the added piece to this that he might stay there for a little while, that was a little bit surprising to me. Yeah, it, to, to your point of sending players down too, we're seeing more and more teams, including your Lakers, <laughs> use the G League as a uh, Major League Baseball style rehab assignment where it's, hey, go down there, get some run in, because NBA teams don't practice like I think people think they do. Um, It's more of a, in the day in between games, it's not really a practice. It's more of a come in, get your individual work in, get your treatment, watch some film and get out of there. Um, They really only practice if it's like, all right, we've got two days off or more in a row. Um, 
but in the G League, they do practice. So uh, the Lakers sent down, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know it was at least Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder, and son, Kendrick, and Kendrick Nunn. Nunn. Yeah, to those, get some, those some reps in. Yeah. Right. Um, with the South Bay Lakers, and it doesn't mean anything. They're probably never going to play in a game down there, but it's get them down there, they practice, and they come back up. And The know, Lakers and, already announced, too, that they would come right back. Yeah. Just, they're yeah. just sending them down to practice and scrimmage. The team isn't practicing today, so this mm -hmm. is a chance for guys who are yeah, coming off injury and guys who have kind of been MIA to go out there and yeah. try to figure some things out. And then Wiseman, though, different situation here. It sounds like it's going to be – go down there and really work on your game. Like mm -hmm. we, we, we're not going to play anymore up here with the big club right now, unless there's injuries. So um, Santa Cruz, not that far away uh, from the Bay area. So they'll be able to go get him if they need him very easily. If they ever have, have a need uh, Jordan pool, I thought put a really good thing on it. Jordan pool had this experience with the warriors where he said, this isn't a punishment and don't even look at it as, as a demotion. It's a chance for you to go down there get all the reps you need, they're going to feature you. They're going to play through you. You know, get yourself right. You know, try to figure this out. And obviously, it worked great for Jordan Poole because he came back and has been very good. But yeah, I'm going to make a prediction though. James Wiseman's not on the Warriors by the time we get the trade deadline. He's going to be the Ooh. trade piece to go get them something. I like it. Yeah, they're going to need something to shore up their depth. Um, and I think I think there's enough cracks in this foundation that are showing this year that it is. We might have one or two more runs left in us, so let's uh, let's go get something. So you know, twelve plus million in uh, you know salary matching—that that's a nice piece of salary to go get yourself something. Are you attaching anything to him? Like, are you going Maybe. all in and putting in like Kaminga or Moses Moody? I think or, that would depend like that? on what you could get. You know, but yeah. it, it, I'm more thinking like not, and I'm not saying this is the guy, but like, uh, you know, uh, what if the you know, the Pistons were like, we'd be interested in swapping Bogdanovich and, you know, Hey, you get another guy who can play in your rotation and you'll go there. Well, you know, we'll, we'd even put Nerlens Noel in and maybe they, you know, say, all right, Wiseman and Moody for uh, Bogdanovich and Noel. And now you've filled out your rotation a little bit. And that, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense both ways. Pistons have other young bigs, but I'm just throwing out a team that's, you know, clearly rebuilding and uh, at the you know, bottom side. But I, that I just, I can't see it. I can't see another year of, them basically saying like, all right, let's keep hoping for the best here. And it's probably best for Wiseman too. go get a, get a fresh start somewhere else, less pressure environment. Let's really develop. Cause I think he can play. I think there's a ton of talent in there. I just think it's, you clearly see when he's on the floor, his mind is going a mile a minute and he's just not, he's just not really playing. He's just thinking through everything he does and any mistake he makes, he instantly looks over to the bench to see if there's a sub coming for him. So right. he, he just needs to be, you know, somewhere. Maybe this G League stint does it for him, but but I, I don't think so. I I think he's going to be traded because I think the Warriors are going to look at it and say, we have a chance to repeat as champs, you know, or be in the mix for probably about two more seasons. Let's maximize that with a veteran bench instead of trying to continue to parlay this into, you know, Hey, we have our whole next iteration of guys. Cause I just don't know why Wiseman's going to be a part of it. Certainly hasn't provided what the warriors were hoping they were getting when they selected him number two overall um, value has gone down, but I think it's still, he still has enough value to where they can probably get something pretty decent for him. Mm -hmm. Something that could be useful. Um, like you mentioned, Bogdanovich or some, something like that. Teams would take a, a gamble on him. So 
We'll see. Yeah, he's not do. like the centerpiece of go get another all star, correct? Um, kind of trade anymore, but it, he could be the nice piece in a okay, go get a useful veteran to flush out our depth a little bit, right? Right? Uh, Jay Sean Tate out two to three weeks with ankle soreness. Uh, I mean, look, you're not going to mess around with any of this kind of stuff right now. Uh, if you're Houston, you're going to do whatever it is you need to do to get the player right. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday that. You know, you may see some injuries like this pop up where teams are like, you know what? Are you, you're only 99%? Well, let's sit out another couple yeah. of games. Like Houston would be in that category where there, there's no reason to rush anything with any of their guys returning from injury. No, and, and they're clearly they're playing some other guys in, in the mix right now. Tate is signed there long term. So uh, after he opted out and then they gave him a, a nice contract this offseason. So you, you kind of know, like, hey, this is a, we're, you're not playing for a contract. We don't need to figure out what we have in you. We, we know where we're at um, with this. So let's really get you right. And you know, let's see where this goes. But I mean, the, the weird thing is I kind of need him because he's kind of their best wing defender right now um, out there. Um, and they, they play precious little defense. Um, the set, second unit guys occasionally come in and do, do a nice job like KJ Martin, Tari Eason uh, come in and they, they, they kind of fly around and make, make uh, cause some havoc, but yeah, it, it's just very messy for, for the Rockets. So yeah, he can hold him out. The bummer is, I mean, he'll have missed a month by the time he's back now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dead, dead, or over a month. Cause he, he's been out pushing a month right now already. So, uh, so it's probably, this is going to end up probably being about a two, two month injury. And sometimes you worry when this ankle soreness sticks around, like we talked about yesterday with Omer at seven, if it doesn't go away, that generally means it's a sign of a bigger problem. And then often that turns into surgery. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and that's something that obviously you you want to avoid uh, whenever you can. Let's jump over to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who right now, I'm just double-checking their their standings. They are sitting, technically, they're tied with the Warriors, but they are just below the play-in line, sitting in 11th place in the Western Conference. The Warriors are certainly not where they were hoping to be at this point in the season, and and neither are the Wolves. The Wolves were, you know, making their big Gobert trade. They were hoping to to make make a real run this year. So far, haven't been able to do that. It's still early. They're six and eight right now, but they're going to sign AJ Lawson to bring in a little bit of help there and see if he can if he can bring them something. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, just a depth signing here for them, but I mean, bigger picture, what's going on with with Minnesota? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll answer the second part first. I mean, they're, they're a mess. They yeah. they're. It, the things we worried about have all kind of come to fruition. Are they going to have enough spacing? Can Cat guard out on the perimeter because he's going to have to when he's guarding fives? You know, is is that that going to be okay? You know, how is that going to look? You know, what's going to happen there? In the that's kind of the reality is it's been bad uh, for them. Now to Minnesota adding AJ Lawson on a two way contract, they they had a two way opening. They've been sitting on it for a little while. Um, Lawson was with them in training camp. Uh, he was initially signed to a two-way, and then that was ended right before the start of the season for 
reasons that I don't know that were ever fully explained. Um, he went and joined the College Park Skyhawks, who are the, the Hawks affiliate um, in the G League, and he's torn it up in the G League. Uh, in the four games he's played so far this year, 22.3 uh, 22 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, 1.3 steals. Uh, he's shooting 62% from the floor, 52% from three. So it's obviously very small sample size. Um, but he played well in the G League last year also. Uh, not quite that well, but but played well. He's he's a wing with some size. Six foot, he another 4A so. guy. Yeah, exactly. Is that really yeah. what we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. That may even be a little bit much. Like, I don't know that he's quite that dominant in the G League. This is not a guy who's going to go down there and you're like, all right, well, those two games were fun. Get you out of here because it's too much. But, right. yeah, I, I think, um, you know, he's he's pretty good. He's deserving of this shot and gets him another wing that can, you know, do some stuff. He, he was known in college to be a decent defender. So um, and that team could use another wing defender. But, yeah, it's just kind of a mess right now roster construction-wise. And you got to be very, very cautious if you're Minnesota because you can't chase good money after bad by making another deal to try to fix the deal you already made because then that's when you get in get yourself into real trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Taiwan round things out for, for today. <laughs> it's, I did not expect that here we are the second time. And it's been, I, I don't recall. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Second show? time in two days and third time then in we, like a week. <laughs> that, that Taiwan <laughs> has come up and, and here we are. Uh, now they're interested in Isaiah Thomas and Ennis freedom after already being interested in Carmelo Anthony and landing Dwight Howard. Yeah. What is happening? I so I asked around. I, I I made a couple calls to some agents, and I was like, "What is the 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 deal here? What's happening?" And the answer I got back was, "It's a they're offering really good money for what it is, and it's not China, and that's not a dig at China by any means. It's just one if you're going to sign in the CBA, um, the Chinese Basketball Association, they have very very few NBA outs there." Um, it's generally your sign. Now, the good thing is their season ends in March. So usually those contracts are for one year and then those guys are freed up and then they can come back and play in the NBA if they want to after that. But uh, in this case, with these guys, with, um, with with Taiwan, what they're really looking at is, you know, they're paying pretty good money. Um, presumably Howard's the only one who's actually signed so far, but he can get out whenever he wants if an NBA team comes calling. Um, and you're going to go, you're going to play, and do, do your thing. Um, you know, and it's a place I, I know the people um, that I know who've traveled through there very much enjoyed their time there and things like that. So it, it seems to be kind of the – for now, it's it's turning into the kind of um, alternative in Asia to playing in China just because of a little bit more restrictive nature of uh, playing in China versus playing in Taiwan. So very, very, very interesting to see you know, where this all goes. And, you know, uh, a couple guys came to extra jobs. I kind of sorted out Ennis Freedom's going to jump on this opportunity. Um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave his current – recent politics stuff aside um, with this, but he is still, it's very dangerous for him to travel outside of the United States because right. of his, uh, you know, unfortunate uh, uh, relationship with his uh, native country of Turkey. So that is, uh, you know, I know he's a U.S. citizen now, but, um, you know, with, with, with Turkey, there, there's some challenges there and they, they uh, would obviously love to get their hands on him and try him for crimes that they've deemed he's committed um you know as far as we we understand it so um 
you know, so I, I kind of doubt we're going to see him turn up there, but you know, yeah, maybe Isaiah Thomas goes over there. Maybe Carmelo Anthony, maybe, maybe me and you were doing, uh, you know, 6, 7 a.m. shows in the morning <laughs> recapping the uh, Taiwanese basketball league's, uh, you know, results from the night before pretty soon. Oh, I hope not. I, I hope not. <laughs> nothing, nothing against the Taiwanese basketball league. More power to you. Hopefully the guys go over there and they have a great time and they make some money and, and maybe they, they catch the eye of some NBA clubs and everything. But, uh, I would prefer to not be covering 6 a.m. foreign basketball games. Agreed. Yeah, if, I, if I'm up over the next month to kind of bring it all the way back. It's going to be to watch the World Cup. It's going to be to watch the World Cup yes. at that time in the morning. Yes, absolutely. Yep. 100%. 100%. <laughs> all right. I think that wraps things up for today. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you are subscribing on the YouTube channel as well as the podcast feed. Heck, you know what? If you're a YouTube viewer, Go click subscribe over on Apple. Just go in your phone, click subscribe yeah. on Apple Podcasts. It's a Do good it. way to help out the show. Leave us that five-star rating and review. Again, we, we don't want to be the best-kept secret out there <laughs> anymore. Help us get the word out and uh, help us out with our subscriber rating. Appreciate that. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.